Another day, another free agent rejection for the San Francisco Giants. As Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he will not be joining the Giants. And to add insult to injury, the rich get richer and the Dodgers, who already signed Shohei Otani this winter, they're the team that gets the player the Giants coveted perhaps more than anyone this offseason. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, so check us out there, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And I, I realize I said Monday through Friday, but for right now, we're three days a week. It's this brief little period in the off season where we go three days a week, and then we will be back to five days a week for 10 months out of the year uh, in, I think, when pitchers and catchers report, which always sneaks up on us. And here we are towards the end of the calendar year. Um, and also, I said, thanks for making us your first listen. I, my house is under construction, and there's a lot of noise that goes on, and so I'm not always able to get the episodes out as early as I would like. But with all of that being said, the key point here is that Yoshinobu Yamamoto has picked a team and it's very hurtful for the Giants for two reasons. Number one, it, he didn't pick the Giants. And number two, of course, he picked the Dodgers. Like, I just can't. Oh, my goodness. I'm used to the rejection by now. Like, it's a familiar feeling. I'm not saying I'm numb to it, but like. You know, it, Alex Pavlovich was the first to kind of report. He says, according to the sources, the Giants have been informed that they are out of the running for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, he said that they made a really hard push, but the they believe he's going to end up in New York or L.A. And sure enough, a few hours later, we learned that he's signing with the Dodgers. And actually, I didn't. I didn't tweet this out. I wish I did, but he literally signed for the exact contract that I was going to suggest that the Giants offer 12 years, 325 million. The reason being is that Garrett Cole held the record for the largest pitching contract at a uh, contract for a pitcher at 324 million and uh, 325 and then uh, 12 years just I think it takes him through his age 36 season. Um, and I just thought that that made sense as a duration. And then it keeps the average annual value pretty low. So anyway, I, I kind of, I was amazed. I impressed myself with that, uh, prediction of a contract. Um, but I mean, it's a good, 
I don't. I mean, we don't know how he's going to pitch in MLB, but it's uh, he's 25 years old. The Giants really badly wanted this guy, and the reporting is, I think Baggerly wrote this, that basically they got the sense that he was not going to come here, but so they didn't even bother um, going that far down the road because it was clear to the giants, perhaps, you know, they were even just told that he wanted, I mean, we've heard reporting that he wanted the bright lights, uh, the biggest stage also that he grew up a Dodgers fan. I don't know how that happens. Like uh, I didn't know that. I mean, you're in Japan. I didn't, I, I don't, I don't know. That's a little bit odd. Like, how do you watch games they're in the middle of the night aren't they like in japan anyway um you know he joins the team that he probably wanted to join all along and that's part of what's so frustrating from the giants perspective is that the rich get richer and it just becomes more and more and more and more of an attractive destination la for so like everybody wants to go there it's not that hard to convince a player to sign with you if you're the dodgers and you offer anything close to what someone else or the top next top bidder is offering like we in this situation heard that the Mets offered this this contract 12 years 325 and that the Dodgers matched it and it was done and so that it's like judge last year the Giants made their huge offer the Yankees matched it and then it was done and so the Giants just can't and here, let's Let's take one little step back, though, like this narrative, like they just can't get anybody to sign here. They literally did sign the Jung-Hoo Lee to what is still this offseason, the third largest contract, actually fourth now with Yamamoto. But the fourth largest contract of the offseason belongs to the Giants and the contract they gave to Jung-Hoo Lee. And before anybody says a word about it was an overpay, I do not want to hear it. And you know why I don't want to hear it? It's because if you don't pay that kind of money, you're not getting these players. And that's the thing is you cannot be frustrated that they don't get the players and then also be frustrated with people saying things like the word overpay time will tell if it was an overpay right now we don't know like he could end up being an underpay like people who just who we just don't even know we don't know what superstars are going to do next year like certain superstars will have down years next year and certain guys will come out of nowhere and become stars and so we just you don't know anything in this sport and you know, look at the Padres last year and all their superstars and where did that leave them? But where does this leave the Giants? I mean, it leaves them in the shadow of the Dodgers, like in the distant shadow of the Dodgers who are just, they were already good. They didn't need Otani or Yamamoto. Yeah, they needed to shore up their pitching. Um, they also traded for Tyler Glass now, who's a really good pitcher when healthy health has been an issue. But you know the dot part of what makes this hurtful is not just the rejections but it's Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto the two top free agents from this class they both signed with your arch rivals and it's painful for, for that you didn't get them and that LA did and so that's how i'm feeling and the big question becomes where do the giants go from here because here's the thing these two players that the Dodgers ended up getting have pretty much almost entirely held up the market, it seems. And so one would hope, and I among them, 
uh, what I would hope that this finally does kind of unfreeze the market. I will also continue to repeat the Giants. I mean, Shohei Otani is both, but otherwise Jung-Hoo Lee is the top position player contract to have signed. I mean, Cody Bellinger is going to beat it, I would imagine, and Matt Chapman may may beat it as well. But Giants did make a significant ad here, so let's not forget that, but, but they still have work to do. And so the Christmas holiday is coming up, and that usually slows things down again, and so we may have to wait until after Christmas and next week for the what I would anticipate eventually becomes a flurry of activity, but the Giants are going to have to be involved. And trust me, they they were prepared, right? It's not like they they that they would be so dumb to not to to ever assume that they were going to end up with the biggest fish in free agency, even if those are the guys they wanted, right? Because time after time, they haven't come away with that player. And so, of course, they have contingency plans. And what I'm trying to say by the market that's been held up is that there are still, like, a lot of the top players are still unsigned. And so, for the Giants, they clearly wanted, you know, Otani and Yamamoto and that's pretty much it from the players that have signed, I think. But a lot of players remain unsigned. So who's unsigned? Who makes sense for the Giants? Where do they pivot from here uh, after Yamamoto goes to the dreaded Dodgers who just continue to build a super team? Ugh. So we'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our very good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And a little secret for you. You don't even have to bet on your team. Although your team right now, if you're a Niners fan, is pretty darn good. And uh, they've got a tough matchup with the Ravens, but they're still favored on Christmas Day. And place a $5 money line bet basically for the Niners to win. And if they do, you get 150 in bonus bets by going to FanDuel.com slash Locked on. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go. Where do the Giants go from here? Uh... At the end of the day, I think that, I mean, they they really wanted Yamamoto from everything we understand. But like Shohei Otani, you were never going to be the most likely team to get him. I thought that they had a real shot at Yamamoto, uh, especially when we kind of learned that he was such a priority for them. But apparently when it came down to it, he didn't want to be here. And so there's nothing you can do if that's the case. What you can do is build a better team. And they've had missed opportunities in previous off seasons to get better and more compelling and be a more desirable team. Um, but at this moment in time, like, let's not live in the past. Like, what can you do now? Um, and they're, they're, they're trying their hardest. 
I don't think money changes anything here. Like you're not going to offer him $500 million. You know, like you're going to, these teams are already reaching out for, with these kinds of offers. And I don't know. He just, he wanted, it looks, seems to me like he just wanted to play in LA. So anyway, thanks again for making lockdown giants, your first listen or your last listen every day. Uh, uh, coming up next week, three more episodes, hopefully, you know, after Christmas, potentially, uh, before, you know, we do still have a few days here before the holiday. Um, there's some activity and I would expect the giants to be active. And so we've got that, we've got a bunch of mailbag questions. So just so much more continuing our off season coverage, but specifically moving on to where do the giants go from here? What players are the right players for the San Francisco Giants to target, whether in free agency or via trade? Well, the trade market is obviously more complicated. We did, I did do an episode with Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres just yesterday, um, talking about Ha Sung Kim and how he's a, I think, a perfect fit in a trade with the Giants and that, um, I think it would take more than some of the suggestions that Javi made about what it would take to get Kim, but I think the Giants would be willing to pay what it took to get. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a really good player on a one-year contract. And so as we saw, like even Juan Soto, the return isn't overwhelming when it's one year. Although Kim, you know, his salary is so reasonable at $8 million that it is, you know, that gets factored in too. But basically just looking at like, projections moving forward first of all Jung-Hoo Lee's projection is uh about the same according to Steamer as Yoshinobu Yamamoto's for next year Jung-Hoo Lee per Steamer has the third best war projection of any free agent there's Otani and then Aaron Nola and then Jung-Hoo Lee and to get that um projection as a 25 year old I mean let's not sleep and I you know people call this this contract and overpay well let's let's wait and see you know it's it's only an overpay if the performance isn't there uh to to measure up to what they paid but we don't know that yet the dude hasn't played a single second in the league so let's not jump the gun there but just looking at who are the best remaining players i think that's where the giants turn next turn to next and clearly they were in the starting pitching market and they've been pretty clear that they they're not really interested in pitching depth. I don't take that to mean like you're opposed to like adding a mid rotation type starter. And there are, there's, it's kind of a strength of this class. There, there are some intriguing mid rotation starters left. Actually, some of my favorites have signed like Sonny Gray. Although, I mean, he was a Cy Young finalist. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, but if you're looking at the top of the rotation type, arms Blake Snell is the name that jumps out the one thing I will say about Blake Snell I've said this a million times is that he doesn't totally I mean he completely doesn't fit the Giants MO when it comes to what type of pitcher they like in the sense that he has poor command his walk rate of 13.3 percent he walked 13.3 percent of all batters face this season, which came out to 99 non-intentional walks. He had no intentional walks, 99 walks in 180 innings. So almost that came out to almost five walks per nine innings, which is the, it's the highest in the game. 
uh, it was the highest in the game. And yet he still won the Cy Young Award because he was so hard to hit. Uh, he's, his strikeout rate is really good. He doesn't allow a lot of homers. So like the walks are the issue. And that's basically it. And it leads to high pitch counts. So he doesn't pitch deep into games. 180 innings is not usually the norm for him. He was 128 the last, the previous two seasons, 107 in 2019. 2020 was a 60 game season. So we're just not going to even count that one. But Blake Snell, I mean, depending on the contract, He's also 31. And so like I start to hesitate even when we talk 5 years. I think like 4 years with a with a with a club option ideally or something like that. Um I like Blake Snell. Like he to me he is the best pitcher left and he's a good one. The dude won the Cy Young award in 2023, like this year in the National League. He ended up with a 2.25 ERA. The underlying metrics like largely kind of based on the walks, but also like based on the quality of contact wasn't nearly as good. Weren't nearly as good. Uh, 377 expected ERA, 344 fielding independent pitching. Projections have him coming in at a neutral site when they do these projections and players are free agents. They project at like a neutral or like, like the league average run scoring environment ballpark. And they project him at a 3.65 ERA. So you put him in Oracle Park and that number goes down maybe to like 3.4 something, you know, 3.4 something. And so, yes, he's 31. Yes, he has the command problem. And there's risk. But that's the thing is the Giants are in a position where they can afford to take some risks and maybe even need to take some risks. And so Blake Snell... Obviously, I think short, you'd prefer to go shorter term, like three, four years. It might take five. I doubt it takes six, but, uh, I think he's like the guy that, that comes to mind first. And then you look at Jordan Montgomery, who has become a guy that people are talking about as a, you know, $150 million pitcher. I just don't totally see him that way. Uh, does not strike out a ton of people. The walk rate, though, much better than Blake Snell. Really effective at just kind of not allowing a ton of runs and has been durable, is about to turn 31 himself, so he's not that young. He's not my he's not my number one target here, but this I view him more as a mid-rotation type starter than Blake Snell. And a lot of that has to do with the strikeout ability. Like for Montgomery, the last couple seasons, he's been around 21.5%-ish. And for Blake Snell, the last couple seasons, he's been at about 32%-ish. So that's a big difference. 10 percentage points is huge. And league average is like 22, 23%. So Montgomery under that, Blake Snell way over that. Blake Snell with these strikeout rates up over he's been over 30 percent every year since 2018 that's incredible like he he has really good stuff and so when he throws strikes he's he's just hard to hit and average fastball in the mid 90s he's been consistent with that like it's literally been 95 point something every year since 2018 so his i don't know i'm a fan of blake snell he played under bob melvin um, in San Diego the last couple years and, you know, 
probably had a good experience on his way to winning a Cy Young award, although the Padres did disappoint and underachieve. But nonetheless, I mean, I look to the starting pit, I look to starting pitchers, and there's also Shota Imanaga out of Japan, who again, I view him more as a mid rotation type starter. He's not, I mean, gosh, if you look at the projections, steamer projections are really strong and actually have him, I'd put him a tier even uh, potentially above Jordan Montgomery based on the projections that I'm seeing. Strikeout rate projection of 24.4% uh, with good command. And so this is not a guy to sleep on. And so I'd probably have like Snell number one, Imanaga number two, and then Jordan Montgomery number three. And then you look at some other starters, um, Marcus Stroman. Uh, and that's pretty much where where I finish. That's kind of like Clayton Kershaw's out there. I just seriously doubt he would taint his legacy by joining the Dodgers' biggest rival. Um, I just don't see that ever being realistic. Um, and so that's pretty much it. I know some people mentioned Trevor Bauer. I just don't think the Giants want to get involved in that whole mess of a situation that Bauer has been in and and is now eligible to come back whatever i i just don't see that happening so uh and definitely same with julio urias who's being investigated for domestic violence uh so those are the guys in terms of starting pitchers there are also position players so we'll get into who are those position players who make sense free agency wise there's also always the possibility of trades as well basically the offseason is young because the market has been really slow. We see this in baseball from time to time. The last few years, it's been better, but this year it's been really slow again, and it happens. But you know, thankfully, again, the Giants did land one of the top position players, at least in terms of the contract he got, and I'm not going to come out here and say it's an overpay until we see that it was an overpay. And also, based on the projection, it's not an overpay. It's only an overpay based on what people guessed the contract would be. And it was more than people's guesses. But pe- people's guesses aren't, I don't know, they're informed, but they're not as informed as what a team actually, how a team actually values a player and how other teams value players. Anyway, the position players in free agency who make sense coming up in just a minute. And also, we'll get into some mailbag questions. And before we do, all right, as promised, the position players, I just mentioned Blake Snell, Shota Imanaga, and Jordan Montgomery, also Marcus Stroman. I think, I mean, I would really like to see the Giants come away with at least one of those four and maybe even two of those four if you talk about like a like a Snell and a Marcus Stroman or something like that, like that, or a Snell and Imanaga, just spend some money, make the team better, calm people down, but most importantly, make the team better because we are a good fan base that deserves to watch an entertaining and good team. And the last couple of years, it's been hard to watch this team. And so, yes, they got an exciting position player. No, I don't think, I don't think they think they're like, they're not just like, yep, we got Jung Hoo Lee. They're, call it a day. And they were out there trying to sign 
Shohei Otani. They were out there trying to sign Yamamoto. It it didn't work out. They got rejected. Yes, we're used to it. They ended up on the Dodgers. It's like worst case scenario. It happened again. But you just got to move on. And what do you do? Well, I mentioned the pitchers. And then there's also these two uh, position players in particular who stand out. Certainly the best two position players remaining. Then there's just this huge drop-off, both on the pitching side that we just discussed. We didn't get into relievers. Josh Hader's out there. But um, on the position player side, it's basically Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman. And we have heard, like I keep hearing like rumblings that the Giants could still target an outfielder. And so that tells me that like the only way that you would possibly target an outfielder and try to sign a guy like Cody Bellinger who would admittedly make their lineup like much more dynamic and interesting and so I I would not be opposed to this at all also if you put him in like left you know suddenly if you've got like Bellinger in left and Lee in center and Yaz in right that's a really good defensive outfield like really good and what if you also signed a Matt Chapman? You know, then you're talking about Chapman uh, at third. I I don't love the idea of just totally relying on Marco Luciano at short. And so that's why if you listen to yesterday's episode about uh, Ha Sung Kim and his versatility, he can play short if Luciano were to struggle. He could play third every day and that would allow you to platoon J.D. Davis with Wade and it would allow you to have Wilmer Flores be your DH, but then you'd you'd probably be stuck with too many outfielders. So maybe you send an outfielder as part of the Ha Sung Kim trade. A lot of permutations, a lot of possibilities. Matt Chapman, though, really good defensive player, history with Farhan Zaidi, history with Bob Melvin. He is 31 years old. That's the thing. Free agents typically are older. And he didn't have the best season after starting out really hot. He just kind of finished. He, he strikes out a lot. He doesn't chase. They, that's I mean, He kind of fits the mold. But if you look at the offense, it's kind of like reminiscent of J.D. Davis's offense in a way. Uh, not quite the same, but overall kind of production-wise, similar to J.D. Davis. And J.D. Davis was pretty good with the glove this year. And so... That's where I have some hesitancy. And then also you're blocking the position from Casey Schmidt uh, to, to even get an opportunity. Because if you sign Chapman, like he's going to play third. He's he's going to play every day. I mean, he lo- he's, well, actually the last couple of years, he has missed a little bit of time. But, you know, he's, it, I don't know. I, I fear that you're paying for the downside of his career, although he remains really good defensively. So he's a fit, but I I do just, I kind of hesitate a little bit. And I also kind of hesitate a little bit with Bellinger uh, based on the, if you look at his 2021 and 2022 seasons with LA, a combined 900 plate appearances in which he hit 193, 256 on base, 355 slugging. I get it. He hurt his shoulder in the 2020 postseason and was supposedly, you know, took him a couple years to kind of recover from that, but had a nice rebound season with the Cubs. But even some of the underlying metrics last year, like he had a 370 weighted on base average. That's really good. But the expected weighted on base average was 40 points lower. 
331. And so if you're actually putting up a 331 weighted on base average, you're more like a little above average versus like 35% above average, which is what he was this year. Uh, strikeout rate, those two years I talked about when he really struggled, he was at 27%. The last two years before that, in 2020, short season, 2019, not a short season. So the last full season before that 27% strikeout rate he put up in 21 and 22 was only 16.4%. I think that's the year he won the MVP. Yes, it is. He hit 47 home runs as a 23-year-old. Um, my gosh, like incredible numbers. And this year, that strikeout rate was back down only 15%. He went from like 27 the last two years to 15 this year. And so there's there's like red flags and there's also some green flags. And so I would not be opposed to the Giants adding this guy. And he's only 28 years old. And so, you know, that's young for a free agent. And so... I don't know. Like I, I mentioned a bunch of pitchers. I've mentioned two position players, and that doesn't mention trades. I think if they want a shortstop option, Hassan Kim makes a ton of sense. But you're talking trades um, uh, if you're looking at a shortstop, kind of like a versatile player who can be insurance at shortstop if Luciano doesn't work out, but also just be a player on your team no matter what. Like, so therefore someone who could play, I've talked about Tommy Edmond. He can play short. He can play second. He can play third. He can play center. Uh, he doesn't hit a ton, but he is really fast and really good defensively. So I don't know. Maybe you go full on kind of D-backs model and, you know, defense and speed and all that. And, and, and that's the way you try to win. The D-backs, hey, Padres were loaded. The Dodgers were loaded. The Braves were loaded. And who went to the World Series in the National League? The D-backs, who won like five more games than the Giants. And so that's the thing. You just got to get into the playoffs and then you have a shot. Even with super, like the Braves. Braves were just dominant all season long. And who went to the World Series? The D-backs, right? So if that doesn't tell you the baseball postseason is a crapshoot i don't know what does and so la can load up all they want but they're still gonna have to face some teams in october and and they do not have a great track record of coming away with rings here even though they've been really good for a long time so anyway i was not able to get to the mailbag questions and that is all the time we have for today thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day every dayers merry christmas coming up next week uh after monday at some point, we will have three episodes coming out. Hopefully, news regarding the Giants. If not, um, a lot of mailbag questions. I also want to do a crossover talking about potential trades with the host of Locked on Orioles. Uh, so that perhaps coming up next week as well. So be on the lookout for that. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that good stuff. So um, anyway, thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.